0: How's it going, everybody? This is Kyle Brotherson with Derp Bike Channel. This podcast might actually get uploaded to YouTube. I constantly have people tell me that I'm like, hey, they're like, hey, you gotta upload these these podcasts to YouTube as well. And so for those of you that are watching this on YouTube, listening to this on YouTube, you can see there are two different mics here. One mic, this mic right here, this black mic, is going into my is, is going into my audio recording software. The other one is going straight into my computer. Oh, the things that we do to try to sync up audio. This is one of the ways that I could do it. Today, we're going to be talking about the 2021 KX250X, the first ride that I had on the bike. Yesterday, I went out and I rode that bike, okay? And uh, had a really good time on it. I'm going to move one of these mics a little bit further away from me right here because I'll be I only use that at the end to sync up the audio. So yesterday, I'm out riding the 2021 KX250X, even though it says XC on the side of my bike. I'm out there riding that thing and uh, had a really good time on the bike. I put 1.5 hours on the bike, and so I have some kind of initial impressions for you guys. Um, I'll upload some of the riding videos to YouTube a little bit later, but I wanted to just kind of bring this to you guys in podcast land and give you a reason to listen to the podcast because you get information in advance. Of what everyone else would get on the uh, on the other thing, so gonna turn that music all the way down. See, see how I can slide that right out. <laughs> oh, the things, the things that are the things that are fun to me, the things that are really fun. So here's the deal. Um, what if I just put this over here? That'll probably be helpful later in post. Twenty twenty one KX two fifty X first ride first hour and a half couple things here to note. This is basically a full-on motocross race bike that they've just made a couple little minor changes to and then thrown it out here for the off-road market. It's the first time that they have electric start on the KX250, which welcome to the party Kawasaki. Uh and we're glad that you're here. Uh now you've got electric start on your on your both your motocross bike and now this new version, this off-road version. But it's not perfect. There's a few things and and I don't want to nitpick on too many things here. What I want this, I want this initial impressions to be is like how positive I am about what they've done with the bike, because there's a lot of stuff that they did right with the bike. But right off the bat, I got to tell you, there's a couple things that really irk me like your air filter. So when I was going to set this bike up, I'm going through and I'm checking out a number of different things. One of the things that I do is I check air filters. And in order to get the air, get at the air filter on this Kawasaki, you need two different size sockets. You need an 8mm and a 10 millimeter just to get access to the flipping airbox, which is a total whiff. That should not be like that. You shouldn't need tools to get into your airbox. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. And then also it's really hard to get there. They didn't leave enough room in there. It's hard to actually pull the air filter out of the bike and it's even harder to put it back in, especially without tearing the thing or damaging that filter. So that's a total whiff. I give them a D minus on that part of the bike. Also, the kickstand sticks out like a sore thumb. I know kickstands are not like generally things that people like on any of these bikes, but this kickstand is particularly bad as far as how it looks. It just kind of sticks out wonky in a really weird way. Anyway, there's got to be better ways to do that, but actually riding the bike, it was pretty impressive. So something else that I want to kind of just get out of the way is I paid full price for the bike. I pay full price for all these bikes that I review Um Occasionally. I have gotten a discount or here or there on a couple KTMs. This is years ago, but the problem was the bikes were never fast enough. They could never get them to me fast enough. So I I could get like a VIP price on a KTM, but it didn't matter because the bike didn't come to me for six or eight months later than what I could buy it from, from a dealer. So I have had one or two discounts on KTMs in the past. I'm talking three, four years ago. I've always told you guys that, but I don't do that anymore because they don't even come to me in time. So it's so much faster for me to just buy a bike from a dealer. And I'm not into the discount thing. I just want to buy everything at full price uh, that I'm going to review to you guys. And that way I can say whatever I want and no one can say anything about it because I paid full price for the bike. So that's the way I've been doing things. And it's worked out pretty well so far. Um, the bike... It has KYB forks on the 250. I think they went with a different fork on the 450, but on the 250 KX250X, um, it has, and again, just for the people who, because my bike says KX250XC on the side of it, the manual says KX250XC. I should have brought it here for you, but it's a KX250X. They decided to drop the C off. I don't know why maybe because they didn't want it to be confused with the KTM. But when you just call it a KX250X, then it sounds the same thing as the YZ250X. So you can't really get away from it. But they dropped the X or they dropped the C. And now it's just the KX250X officially on their website and everything. That's what the marketing materials now talk about. So that's what the bike is. It comes with KYB clickers. It's the fourth bike in a row that I've had KYB on this year in 2020. I've ridden the uh, Beta 300RR Race Edition that had KYB. I rode the Yamaha YZ250FX that had KYB. I've got this Sherco 300SCF factory that you can still win from me. If you go to my website, dirtbikechannel.com, you can still enter to win that bike. It's got KYB. At least you can enter to win until December 15th. And now I've got this 2021 Kawasaki KX250X that also has KYB um forks on the front. Here's what I'll say. Valving, the only per the only the only company that got the valving wrong was Beta. On the 2020 race edition bikes that Beta valving was absolutely horrible. It's the worst valving I've had on any bike ever. The other bikes have been a mix of good to great. You know, it depended on where you took it. Like the Yamaha was really really good in the faster stuff, kind of suffered a little bit in the in the slow stuff and the, the really choppy stuff. The Shirko is kind of like a mix of both where it does pretty well. It does really, really good in the slow stuff. Doesn't deflect at all. Got a softer valving there, although it's even a little stiff for me where I've got the thing turned all the way out as far as I've got my compression clickers all the way out. And then this Kawasaki 250X, it's more similar to the Yamaha. Um, and I've turned my clickers all the way out after this ride. I uh, In the middle of the ride, I turned the clickers on the Yamaha or on the KX all the way out. Um, But it's totally serviceable, especially for like desert terrain, higher speed stuff. Like most of what I rode yesterday, there was a little bit of first gear stuff, but most of it was second gear, third gear, Um, and then some fourth gear stuff as well. And it was pretty dang good. It was pretty dang good. Like So initially I set the clickers in kind of the stock position, the standard position, which is about 13 clicks out on the compression. Um, And then I ended up after 20 minutes or so of riding it. I took my handlebars off <laughs> because you can't get at the freaking clickers because I move my handlebars forward. I like to have my handlebars pretty much directly over the center of the forks on each bike. And that means it's impossible to get in there with a, with a screwdriver and actually count clicks. So I took my handlebars off, took my clickers all the way out. they are 20 clicks out now. That's how many clicks of uh, travel they have. And I took the forks, uh, co- the compression 20 clicks out and then rode it that way. After a little bit, I also took three clicks of low speed compression out of the rear shock. And that was pretty good for what I did yesterday. I'll continue to maybe play with that a little bit, maybe even play with the high speed. But overall, the bike actually tracked really, really well. There was a lot of braking bumps. There was a lot of whoops, some deeper ones, some big ones, a lot of rocky-ish whoops, um, hard pack whoops. And the bike was actually pretty settled. You know, I mean, and, and here's the thing that I think is the biggest thing that I took away is just how narrow the bike feels beneath you. It's really hard to measure this. I tried to measure this earlier in the year between my beta and my KTM and my Yamaha. And you could see that Yamaha was wider in, in every aspect. The Kawasaki is extremely narrow. They've done everything they can to kind of narrow that bike down. And it is noticeable. It is noticeable when you're riding the bike. Um, how narrow the thing feels beneath you. In fact, and I'm going to have to go ride it back to back with some of my other bikes, like a KTM, but it feels like it's almost nothing is between your legs. Your, your feet feel like they're so close together down on the foot pegs that there's not really anything there, but the bike gets narrower as it comes up to the top, up to where like in your groin area, That thing is so narrow. And the funny thing is I was wearing my knee braces because I could tell, I could tell just by looking at the bike that it was really, really narrow. And so I haven't been wearing my knee braces on every ride recently. Sometimes I've just been wearing like some knee pads, but yesterday when I rode the bike, I decided I'm going to wear my knee braces as well because it gives, makes my knees a little bit more bulky. I've already got chicken legs anyway. And so some of you guys might be like me. If you've got chicken legs, small, you know, small legs, it's harder for us guys to pinch onto the bike. Anyway, this bike is going to be a little bit harder to pinch on. I think for a lot of guys, because it's so narrow now, I'm not going to call that as a con because I think it's really cool. I think it's a cool feeling. I think it, it just feels like you're kind of riding a knife, you know, it's a pretty cool feeling. And I really, really liked that part of it. It's like, it's not even there, you know? So pretty cool feeling. Um, And then as far as like, again, on the forks, once I got the forks turned all the way out and sped up the compression as fast as it can go for the second gear, third gear, fourth gear stuff, I didn't think it deflected bad at all. In fact, I thought it was really, really good. And this is probably going to be a really great desert racing bike or a great GNCC style bike where the speeds are faster. This thing is just like, I think that's where it's going to be at home. I'm not so sure... How great it's gonna be when we in the slower, more technical stuff, although it wasn't terrible, you know, as far as the forks go, as far as the suspension goes, it's a pretty good mix on a go fast bike, you know? And so this is a bike that really is gonna want you to push pretty hard. It's not really a bike that I would call a beginner bike at all. Um, and I'm not entirely so man, I'd love to get this bike back back to back with a YZ250 FX um because it, that's kind of what it really reminded me of especially especially when um getting into the motor but just talking continuing about the frame and the suspension it did feel like when i took a couple clicks out of the compression on the rear shock it did kind of give it more of a planted feeling and it felt like um it was really it it handled the braking bumps and the chop quite well on the rear of the bike i never really felt like i was out of sorts the riding conditions that I was on, it was pretty slick. the The tracks are really dry. Then I'm I mean, tracks. the The single track and the area that I was riding on was really, really dry, and quite loose and powdery in a lot of areas. But I still didn't feel like I was bumping around a whole lot. And as with all my review bikes in the last few years, I put tubeless on the bike. I put a M 59, a Bridgestone M 59 front tire on the bike. And I put an IRC V E 33 S Gakoda tire on the rear, because those are that way I take some of the, you know, the, um, I can take some of the differences out of these bikes and at least have one baseline in my tubeless and my tires. And then I just focus on how the bike feels, how the suspension feels, how the frame feels. And, uh, it was pretty planted It was pretty planted, and I felt like it did a good job of kind of absorbing all the not nasty stuff that was in the trail. Um, The motor, the motor, it's the 250 motor. It's pretty loud, Um, and it has like this weird, there's like this weird um, acoustic thing that is happening behind you because of the tailpipe that they have on it, the the exhaust, the silencer. It does this weird like echoey thing behind you. You can really tell when you're just driving up and down the road. I was where I was kind of wearing in the brakes and getting the brakes heated up and worked out. And I didn't have my helmet on. I was literally just going 10 miles an hour up and down my street. And it makes this really weird sound in conjunction with the the silencer and the, and the fender on the back that was like, I hadn't heard on any other bike. And then when the bike, the bike was running in my truck, And I was walking past it and it does this, I don't know, there's a weird vortex thing happening on the outside, on the backside of your silencer on that bike. But the motor is, it actually feels really racy, like very, very snappy. It is very much, it feels a lot like the YZ250FX that I rode earlier in the year. I don't know, and, and it has different maps. You can put like little different, there's like little different dongles that it has that you can kind of change the mapping a little bit. I didn't change anything. I'm still, I just ran on the stock one that they give you. I can't remember. You've got like a, a, a black plug in and a white plug in and a green plug in. I'll have to do some more research on what those mean and what they do. But ultimately, it has pretty decent torque down low. Um, I didn't stall it at all. Um, on any of the little technical hill climbs that I did, but I was also very, very careful with it. You know, I was very careful. I've gotten better and better and better at riding the, riding these four stroke bikes and keeping them running because it is an art, uh, keeping a four stroke bike running is, is an art. I don't care what they say, especially these high compression four strokes and I'm getting better. I'm improving every year as a rider, And so I'm becoming more and more adept at keeping these four strokes running And there's a ton of reasons why guys like them. I mean, you can hang on to gears forever on on these four stroke bikes. Like shifting is a thing of the past. (laughs) I mean, because you just, you're just going along and you can just hang on to third gear and you can just lug it a little bit. And then third gear, you can rev it out to 15, I don't know, 12, 13,000 RPMs. And it continues to make power for most of the way. So that's a big reason why a lot of people like these four strokes. And this bike, this bike is no different. Make some pretty good torque down low. Um, but it just continues to pull harder and harder and harder and long and long and long as compared to like a two stroke, they pull longer than two strokes for sure. I mean, it's just more of a linear straight, uh, power curve and a torque curve, which is why people like those bikes. Um, I, it doesn't, it, it doesn't have as much low end torque and grunt as my Sherco 300 SEF. And that's one of the reasons why the Sherco SEF is, is still like one of my all-time favorite, if not my favorite mountain single track four stroke is because it's just toned down just a little bit. They just took some of the edge off the Sherco. And so the motor is actually really, really usable. Some people would say that makes the Sherco maybe feel a little bit more boring, which I'm not going to argue with that because the, the shirt, this, this Kawasaki two, f- two Kawasaki KX two fifty X, it is not boring. That motor is not boring. You can't use the word boring or the term boring and this bike in the same sentence. Whereas you can kind of maybe do that on some of the other four strokes, including the Sherco, but that it it makes it sound like it's it's a bad thing on the Sherco. It isn't because the Sherco does some things for me that I like better than what the Kawasaki is doing for me. The KX 250 X, but the KX 250 X is much, much more like the Yamaha YZ 250 FX. And that's a good thing. Because I really, really like, I really, of these three bikes, the YZ250FX, the Sherco 300 sef factory, and then the, uh, the KX250X, they're all really good. And I'm having, I've had a ton of fun with all of them, but they all kind of have their little niche, you know, and I'm not exactly sure what the niche is yet on the Kawasaki because I haven't ridden it enough, but I will say that it's pretty awesome the front end feels really light. It feels quite playful. It's more playful than the Sherco for sure. You know, just everything, the motor's more snappy, more playful. The front end feels more snappy, more playful. And that isn't to say that the Shirko isn't is heavier, or dull or slow. It just, they have a little bit different characteristics to them. It loves to corner and it loves to carve around some of these berms. It gave me, it gave me a ton of confidence on those things. And, and I really, really did like that. It gives you, so Kawasaki also has two different positions for the foot pegs. And in the middle of the ride, I wanted to change the foot pegs and drop them down. Funny thing is when you're, when you change. And so I came home and I changed the position of the pegs after the ride. And it's funny because they, they allow you to change the pegs down, but they come forward just a little bit. You're not even changing them very much. We're talking about maybe five to seven millimeters is what you're dropping them down. It's not very much. I even had one of them up and one of them down, and I got on the bike, and it's very, very subtle. It's a very subtle difference. I'm not sure I would have noticed if I didn't know what I was feeling. If I didn't know what to feel for, I'm not sure if I could even tell the difference. But sadly, when you move the pegs down, they also go forward just a little bit, which I think is counterproductive for what I'm trying to do. I don't know. Maybe they must have done some thought about that. Um, but yeah, so you move the pegs down and forward just a little bit. I would have rather have them down and back just a little bit, but Hey, um, and so I haven't ridden it yet with the, after I've just, after I've adjusted the pegs, but I will say, thank you Kawasaki for giving us that option. I think all the bike manufacturers should do that. At least give us two different places that we can mount our foot pegs just to customize that cockpit just a little bit. It's one of the concern. It's one of the, it's one of the complaints that I had against the Shirko is I, I just, feel like I don't have the ability to get comfortable inside of the Sherco cockpit by moving bars. I had to move my bars and my foot pegs on the Sherco. And now I feel a lot better with that on the Yamaha or I mean on the Kawasaki KX 250 X, they give you the ability to move the bars and the foot pegs. And so we'll see if the two, um, if I end up liking that better, which I I think I will, it, will it be enough? I'm not sure. I might want to move them back a little bit, but we'll just see on that. So anyway, and, and then other thoughts. Okay, so it's only got a five-speed transmission, and I think that there are definitely going to be some situations where that's going to be a limiting factor, and I'd rather have a six-speed transmission. I'm just going to go on record to say that, but yesterday's ride in the first hour and a half. I was, I was not thinking like, oh crap, this, this transmission sucks. So it's a five speed close ratio transmission, just like their MX bikes as near as I can tell. Um, but at least it doesn't have a really super low first gear. And so that's cool. Um, and I never felt yesterday and I haven't, I've only ridden an hour and a half. I didn't feel limited by the five speed. I just didn't. So yeah, I'd rather have six speed, but it, it wasn't, so I'm not going to sit there and bag on this at least, you know, initially, One thing I will say that I know is going to be an issue is the fuel tank. The fuel tank is not large enough. It didn't matter yesterday because I was just out on a ride. I did, I don't know, 30 miles, 25, 30, somewhere between 20 and 30 miles. I can't remember exactly, but it's, it wasn't going to be an issue yesterday, but for the hardcore desert racer, the hardcore GNCC guy, or the guy that just wants to ride this bike for a long time in the woods. So you're going to have to install an aftermarket fuel tank. And that is a swing and a miss because it's, it's a really, really small tank on that thing. It's the same size tank as the motocross bike, and it's just a super small... It's like under two gallons. So that's that's going to be kind of an issue down the road. Um, but those are kind of my first initial uh, notes that I took from, uh, from the ride. Ultimately, it's pretty cool. I mean, and I do feel like for... Um, I'm glad they finally came to the party. They came to the party like six years late because Yamaha, I believe Yamaha did their YZ250FX in 2015 as the first model. It was either 2015 or 2016. So Kawasaki is either five years late to the party or six years late to the party, depending on how we look at this. Welcome to the party. I'm glad you're here. It's good to have you guys. <laughs> um, what took you so long? There's, you didn't get everything right on the first time, but I'm, I'm okay with that. At least you're actually here. Now, Kawasaki, Bring back your two-stroke. <laughs> the fact that they the fact that they've dropped like the KX250F, I don't even think they call it the KX250F anymore. They're four stroke. I think they just call it the KX250. And then this one they call it the KX250X. I think that means that they're not ever going to bring the two-stroke back. And that really sucks uh, for us two-stroke guys out there. But this is a pretty cool bike. Um not perfect. We're going to get into a lot more of maybe some of the shortcomings or whatever, but I just wanted to say. I had a ton of fun on that bike. And if you end up with one of these, you're probably going to have a ton of fun on it. Just like anything else, there's going to be some stuff that you're going to have to do probably to uh, make the bike a little bit better suited for you. But ultimately, it's pretty fun. And I judge, I I try to judge these bikes by how much fun I have on them. And I had a lot of fun yesterday, so not much to complain about there. Um, That's what I've got for you today. Just a real quick podcast on this one. Um, if you want to support dirt bike channel, one of the easiest ways you can do that is by using the links that I have for Rocky mountain ATV motorsport and Amazon. You can find them in the description of the notes, uh, the video notes down on YouTube. You can also find them over at my website. Uh, if you go to DirtBikeChannel.com, up in the upper right hand corner, there's a links section up there. You can grab onto that or click onto that. And then I have links to Rocky mountain ATV motorsport, Amazon, um, that really helps me. helps to support my family and it won't cost you a dime. So it's one of my favorite ways for you to support. Other ways you can do is when I have Dirt Bike Channel sweepstakes going on, which I have right now until December 15th, you can go over to my website and you can grab a shirt, grab a hoodie. See these shirts right here? Leave a single track. I've got these in a couple different colors. We've got them in navy blue and we have them in white. Has a little uh, DVC thing here on the back. As you can see, you guys in podcast land, you can't see that. little graphic on the back. Um, yeah, so that would help support me. And you might win a dirt bike because I'm giving away three dirt bikes here at, before the end of the year. We've got the 2020 KTM 250 XC, the 2020 KTM 300 XCW, and the 2020 Sherco 300 SEF factory. All those bikes are going to new homes. Um, so go ahead and get entered into that. Okay. I think that's what I've got for you guys. There will be much, much more to come on this Kawasaki and all, on all these other bikes. Until next time, leave a single track. Thanks, everyone.